Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew Werner! It's time! Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome to episode 7 of Tailgates and Teasers. I'm your host, Drew Gorder. And I'm really excited for today's episode. we got a special guest lined up in Blake the Beast McKernan, professional boxer from Sacramento, California. Uh, he's got a great story, really inspiring, humble guy. Um, a lot of stuff we talk about you can translate into how you carry yourself through everyday life. So really looking forward to having him on here in a little bit. He's our third guest of the year. Um, first one being 2019 Oakland A's minor league pitcher Aiden McIntyre led the organization in strikeouts. Second guest being Adam Robinson, Laney College wide receivers coach who's featured in season five of Last Chance U on Netflix. And then the third guest being Blake the Beast McKernan today. As I said, professional boxer from Sacramento. He is on the co-main event of the Mike Tyson Roy Jones fight card coming up in November. Really excited to have him on and start talking with him here in a little bit. But before we get into it, uh, follow us on Instagram at Tailgates and Teasers. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave a review, leave a rating, uh, give us some feedback. We really appreciate it. We're also still doing our cold hard cash giveaways. If you can guess the stat line of the given NBA player for that specific day, that specific game, if you can guess their stat line exactly correct, number of points, number of rebounds, number of assists, before the time of tip-off by leaving a comment on the post on our Instagram, you will win the amount of money that is said on the post. Uh, if no one wins, we're throwing some of that money into a pot that will be donated to the California wildfire victims at the end of the NBA playoffs. We have a little over $200 right now in the pot, and we have a goal of exceeding 500 by the time that the NBA playoffs are over. Uh, look out for a GoFundMe on our Instagram page coming up soon to help us reach that goal. We'd appreciate any support that you could give us. Also, the Cots and Hammer Network launched a fitness challenge a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's called the CHN Fitness Challenge. It's to raise awareness for Special Olympic athletes of Northern California. All the proceeds will benefit Special Olympics of Northern California, and posting will help raise awareness. All we ask that you do is tag Costin Hammer on Instagram of you working out, hiking, riding your bike, running on the treadmill, whatever it is, and use the hashtag Better Together. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Broken Bat Workshop and Purefect Golf. Uh, use the code TNT10 for 10% off your order at checkout with the Broken Bat Workshop. Custom woodworking, wall art, cornhole sets, sports themed furniture, beer caddies, you name it, they can do it all. And use the code TAILGATES, all caps, for 20% off your order at Perfect Golf. Uh, check out their gear, really cool. They have hats, golf gear. Uh, the purchase of each hat is donated to Junior Golf, which will help pay for the equipment entry fees of young golfers so they can enjoy the game that they love. Once again, we appreciate your support, and we'd like to welcome on Blake the Beast McKernan. So with that said, Episode 7 starts right now.
All right, so joining me today, we have an undefeated up-and-coming professional boxer with a 13-0 record, six knockouts. He's ranked top 20 in his weight division from Sacramento, California. He is the on the co-main event on the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight card on November 28th. Uh, he's taking on two-time former world champion Badu Jack from Mayweather Promotions. That holds a 22-3 and record. Uh, joining me on the show today, Blake the Beast McKernan. I appreciate you coming on, Blake. No, I appreciate the opportunity, man, so thank you. Um, did I catch you in between training sessions today? or what, what's... Yeah, so, you know, my day normally consists of uh, working out in the morning. You know, right now we're only doing two days. But as we get closer to the fight, you know, about eight weeks out, we'll step it up to doing three days. But you know, I just work out in the morning and usually do my boxing training at night. Got you. So a normal day right now is two days, but you're – probably going to step it up here in a little while because you're three months away from, you know, probably the biggest fight of your life, right? Absolutely, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, saying that it's the biggest fight of my life is an understatement. You know, there's certain people that train, prepare, and wish and even pray for opportunities like this, and they don't ever come into fruitation, man. And, um, you know, being a man of God and somebody that has always believed and myself, I uh, always felt like God was guiding my steps, even though at times we don't understand the, the path that we're on, you know, because we right. may get thrown a curveball. And, uh, you know, I've been envisioning this moment since I was a 10-year-old kid, man. So, you know, through all the years of uh, me having to be built to become the person I was going to need to be for this type of opportunity and moment, along with my hard work, man, I'm, you know, couldn't have come at a better time. You know, I was built. And I'm made for moments like this, and I can't wait to go out there and shock the world, man. It's definitely something that is going to change my life and my career forever. Definitely looking forward to watching you. You mentioned um, that you were 10 years old when you started fighting. So talk about how you got into boxing and, you know, who got you into it. So really, I got myself into boxing, man. You know, growing up, I grew up extremely poor. Um, you know, I never really had either one of my parents around. Long story short. Um, you know, my mom was addicted to pain medication when I was a young kid, so she was pretty much bedridden and always asleep. And then, you know, I really had kind of an absent father. I saw my dad maybe three days a, a month. Um, so at just a very young age, man, I really had to take on the responsibility of teaching myself a lot and learning a lot on my own. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how old you are, but, you know, growing up in the 90s, uh, because we were so poor, we used to have this thing called black box. And it was a way to steal premium and pay-per-view channels back in the day without paying <laughs> for them. Right? Yeah, that I haven't was, heard of that. It's kind of like the fire stick in today's generation. Okay. I've heard but, of that. you know, black box was kind of like ahead of its time back in like the, the mid-90s, right? So, you know, I'm about 10 years old. Very first time ever seeing Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield fight. And, you know, being such a young kid, seeing these guys fight, I was just instantly hooked and amazed by everything about them. And uh, I knew at that moment was when I was going to dedicate my life into trying to pursue boxing. Awesome. Um, before you got into boxing, you were, I believe, a, you served in the U.S. Army and you're an Iraqi veteran. So talk about those experiences and what you've taken away from those. Uh, experience yeah so you know I competed off and on in boxing and then I ended up taking a break uh, when I was 20 years old to join the military you know at the time I was just on kind of a reckless path 
Um, and I needed something because, again, you know, my, I never had a father figure around. I needed something to really give me some guidance and direction. Um, so I ended up joining the Army, which was something I always wanted to do. So I spent three and a half years in the Army as an infantry machine gunner. I was a saw gunner. Um, and I spent two and a half years stateside and one year overseas in Iraq. And, you know, being in the military, it just it gave me an opportunity of somebody that was born and raised in Sacramento, you know, pretty much grew up and raised in poverty. It gave me an opportunity to start traveling to see the world, meeting people from all different parts of the country and even all different parts of the world. And um, the military training alone, you know, I was already strong physically, but the military really helped me become a stronger person mentally. Um, and it just, it gave me a lot of leadership qualities. You know, I always felt like I was a leader, but, you know, joining the military it really redefined me as a person. I went in as a boy, came out a man, you know? So, um, you know, I feel that joining the military, even though it may not be the right calling for everybody, mm -hmm. uh, it was something I always wanted to do. And it definitely was the best decision I could have made at that point in my time or in my life. And uh, it, joining the Army really saved my life, man, because I could more than likely promise you that if I hadn't joined the Army, I'd probably be dead or in prison right now without a doubt. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah, joining the military was a really good thing for me, man. I enjoyed it. You know, just like every job, you have good things and bad things about it. Right. But overall, I had a great experience in the Army, um, and it, it's been something that's really defined the person that I am today. Uh, to be able to push through a lot of obstacles and adversity that I hit and go through. Definitely. And then, um, you know, I've been following you for a little while now. You've always said that you're going to be one day a world heavyweight champion. Uh, how do you handle adversity and haters telling you you can't do something? Is, has that helped you being in the Army, or is that just kind of a mindset you've always had? Been something I've had ever since I was a kid, you know, again, going back to when I first fell in love with boxing, I was 10 years old. I used to always go around and tell people I was a kid. I had no idea what type of God-given talent I was going to have or what type of size God was going to bless me with when I grew up. I was a little kid, but I would go around bragging to people, I'm going to be a heavyweight world champion. People used to always laugh at me. You know, I even remember my mom in high school telling me to pick more of a realistic expectation. That were her, those were her exact words. I'll never forget it. You know, and I've had, I've had people doubt me, count me out my entire life. And it's really been a defining moment in being a, a factor that has really pushed me to want to dig deeper and to be able to push harder because I've been counted out. I like being considered the underdog because it pushes me to be, to be able to go at greater lengths. Right. So, right. Um, you know, on my amateur career, I was a uh, California Golden Glove champion in 2015. People always told me I wasn't going to do anything in the amateurs. I won that. Shortly after, because I was having a really hard time getting people to fight me in the amateurs, because people always told me I was already training like a pro, which I was mainly always training with pros already, uh, it just was getting almost impossible to get fights as an amateur. So I ended up taking... Uh, the leap of faith and jumping straight into the pros in uh, March of 2016. And, um, you know, I just always remember people telling me that coming into the pros, I didn't have a long amateur pedigree, you know, a long amateur mm -hmm. background of getting a lot of experience. People like, oh, this guy ain't going to do nothing. But, you know, I never really let it phase me. You know, I'm human. I, I would hear, 
the rumors and they're going one ear and out the other. And it would just drive me in the gym to want to push and train harder. So, you know, fast forward here, we are a little <clears throat> over four years later that I've been pro. I'm 13 and 0, six yep. knockouts. You know, I had battled through a lot of obstacles and adversity through some injuries that I had a couple years ago, which, you know, hindered and I wouldn't even say hindered, I would say slowed down my progression a little bit because I had to let my body heal. But, you know, there's yeah. not a lot of people that get counted out and get themselves ranked top 20 in the country in their weight division just by luck. You know, there's been a lot yeah. of hard work more than anything. You know, I always tell people that if you have a dream and a vision and you above everything believe in yourself and you work hard, we can achieve anything that we put our minds to, man. And I've always had that mindset. Definitely. Regardless of what other people want to tell me, what I can't do, I'm going to show people what I can do. And, uh, no, it's just been, you know, a phenomenal journey, man. It's just getting started. Definitely. You you continue to prove people wrong, and you talk about that underdog mentality. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, your next fight was kind of up in the air, and then you weren't getting the attention or the opportunities that you were hoping for. And right. you, you got a call uh, to step in on the co-main event for the Tyson Roy Jones car. Talk about, you know, those emotions and how big this opportunity is for you going forward. Yeah. So man, when I first got the call, you know, I was, I was training when the whole pandemic first happened, training two, three times a day, just really overexerting myself, staying ready for anything, hoping to always, you know, get a phone call and just be fight ready whenever the call came. Right. The calls weren't coming as most, you know, people were shut down in their careers anybody in sports or professional sports in the entertainment industry because we have to perform in front of crowds you know obviously the opportunity wasn't there for us so I was just staying hopeful it got to a point man to where when the pandemic kept on gra gradually changing to where they're opening things up shutting things down opening up and then they shut down again it just became a, a real um how could I say it? It became like a big default for me, man, because I, I've always been a positive person and I kept on getting mentally frustrated because I'm like, man, I got gyms that I can train at. Now they're shutting down again. So it just was putting a lot of stress on me. So I finally got to the point, man, that it was summertime. I was like, you know what? I put out a post on social media, letting people know, Hey, you know, I'm going to take a little break. I'm not going to step too far away, but I'm going to take a break for a few months. Enjoy summer spent time with my son and uh not even two weeks into that i get this phone call out the middle of nowhere and before i even discuss the phone call man like what one of the biggest things that i want people to understand is so many people in life will pursue certain people or certain things in life out of um a benefit that is going to benefit them right now in the moment not thinking about their future right long term you know yeah. And I've always just had the mindset. I've always been, you know, in a sense, a, a very sociable person, a social butterfly. I love networking and connecting and meeting new people. And the biggest thing I want to tell people is that, you know, relationships and rapport with people are everything because you never know how just you meeting one person, how they may drastically be able to change your life at some point later down the road. Right. So long story short, I don't want to mention any names uh, because he asked me not to. Um, but you know, I just have a, a good guy 
who became a great friend of mine that I've met throughout the entertainment, the boxing industry, you know, in my first year of fighting. And, um, you know, I've kept really good relationships with him um, and his team. And uh, I always had really good rapport with him, man. So when the opportunity got came about that somebody was talking to him about the fight, he was telling them how much that they needed to use me. And, you know, he pretty right. much sold them on the fight. And he ends up sending me a text. He said, hey, man, if you're available, get ready for the biggest phone call of your life. That's awesome. And so, you know, less than a minute later, uh, Badu, Jack's manager from Mayweather Promotions, ended up calling me. You know, um, in other words, just asked me if he was able to talk to me. I said, yeah, and he presented me with the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I told him that I was, you know, very interested, but, you know, I wanted him to talk to my manager. And within 48 to 72 hours, we had a contract done. So definitely you talk. I mean, boxers, it's important to do work inside the ring, put up, uh, you know, get wins. But you talk about networking and uh, things you do outside the ring as well. I know. I've been following you for a little while now. You do a lot to give back to the community. Uh, so go ahead. And, and I think you also do some public speaking at junior highs and high school. So talk about that and uh, how important it is for you to give back to those that support you. Well, I just, you know, even a lot of the times I encounter people that may have heard about me, but have never met me before, ever seen my fights. And, um, you know, because of the way that I grew up, man, I never wanted people to feel like just because I'm a pro athlete now and now that, you know, as I can continue to climb that ladder and become more successful that, you know, I'm arrogant or I'm too good to interact with people. And at the end of the day, I'm grateful and humbled to be able to have a name and a, uh, uh, the opportunity to where I have a fan base because for without people like yourself supporting me and all my fans, I wouldn't have a career. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful for everybody's continued love and support. Uh, even people that find out about me later on my journey. But, uh, you know, it's just very important that I, for me, that I always want to share my journey and my story with people. Because again, man, a lot of the times when people are growing up at a young age, you'll have teacher, parents, friends, family members, whoever, always tell kids what they're not capable of doing instead of building these kids' minds right and telling them like, hey, you want to pursue this? Well, this is what you need to be ready for and just guiding them in the right direction to let them know that, you know, it's not impossible, but it's going to require a lot of work and they can achieve anything that they put their minds to. And I just, I hate seeing it because I went through it as a kid. So many people, just because it's not capable for them to do something, they automatically want to think it's not capable for you to do it. Mm -hmm. And it can go for anything in life. You know, I'm a true believer that everybody in this world is born and built to do great things, right? We're just born to do great things through different parts of life and have different paths, right? Right. Uh, you may, one person may be born to be one of the top surgeons, another a great politician another great football basketball boxer it doesn't matter what it is but my biggest thing is I just want to impact people in a way that hey you know if me being a part of your story or being a part of your journey seeing what I've been able to overcome and do will impact you in such a way to be able to help you pursue your dreams of course I want to do that man because at the end of the day I want to see people win I've never been one of those people that I wish ill will on anybody, hate on nobody, because for me, there's enough room for us all to eat. 
You know what I mean? And I right. just, I, I, I love seeing people be successful in life. So, you know, I try to share my story with kids uh, all the way from junior high, high school, colleges, even adults, you know, any opportunity that I can to really just impact people in one way, shape or another to show them like, hey, man, I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what anybody has ever told you. If you have a dream and a vision and you, uh, like I said, above everything, believe in yourself. Believing in yourself is everything because in order for you to believe in me, I got to be able to put out this energy. You're like, damn, this dude's energy is so positive. Yeah. He believes in himself so much. It's hard for me not to believe in him, right? Right. But within that, it's going to require a lot of work, man. And what's unfortunate in today's society is a lot of these kids and a lot of people don't want to work for things anymore. They just want things to be handed to them and given to them. And, you know, even though that may be nice to a certain point or, or to a certain extent, I've never been handed anything my entire life. And the reason I'm so grateful that I haven't is because it makes you really appreciate everything that you have, because you know that everything that you have is everything that you had to really bust your ass off and work for. And it has a greater meaning to it. Things that are just given to you, it's not going to have so much meaning because you didn't have to really do much to get it. But when you dedicate and sacrifice so much time, money, and energy and hard work into pursuing something and it ends up coming into fruitation and happens, you're like, man, all the years of hard work finally paid off. Man, I'm glad that I never gave up. So I love to be able to share that journey and that story with people. And then also, I notice when you have, uh, before your fights, you have the soldiers walk out with you. Uh, talk about, yeah, talk about that experience. And that kind of basically touches on what you were just saying, too, throughout your journey, having those people along the way with you. You know, talk about right. how they, they're there with you for your fights, pre-fight and stuff. So, look, man, you know, growing up, I grew up seeing all these, you know, cool Army commercials, always wanting to serve my country. But I never really knew at the time when I was so young how much it would impact my life. Um, or how things would come full circle. But, you know, after being in the military, I'm a very patriotic person, man. And after, you know, serving my time in the Army and serving overseas in Iraq, you know, I feel, you know, above a lot of people that I should be able to share my journey with people to be, you know, I'm a decorated combat vet, man. It's not that I want anything from anybody, but I want to portray this image to people that, if you join the military, your life doesn't have to stop there. You can pursue your your life after the military. People always want to think if they join the military, it has to be a lifelong career. And it doesn't have to be like, I never saw it like that. Mm-hmm. When I first signed up, I utilized it for what I could at the time. Knew it was going to change my life. After I was in and I got asked to re-enlist, I had to kind of reevaluate all my options that were on the table and where I was at in my life at that point. You know, I decided to get out. I still have a lot of friends that are in, but, you know, because the Army was such a big, crucial and important part of my life and my journey, I want to be able to represent the Army in a very positive light. And so that's why years ago, um, you know, I came up with the idea, you know, I just got a manager recently about six months ago, <laughs> but up until that point, I was managing my marketing, promoting, getting my own sponsorship endorsements, setting up my t- own TV, right. radio interviews, selling tickets, merch, training. Bro, I was a one-stop shop. You were doing everything, doing, yeah. Oh, dog, I was doing way too much. <laughs> but at the end of the day, 
when you want something bad enough, you're either going to find excuses or find options, right? Mm -hmm. And I was never a person to create excuses, but always found options of how to get through certain things. So I did what I needed to. Now is presented the time that I've been able to expand my team and I brought on a phenomenal manager. But um, getting back to your question, man, it's just for me being, you know, a combat vet and somebody that really respects the military, you know, when you first join the military, the, the, this sworn statement may not mean a lot to people, but it meant everything to me. You know, I, when I first got sworn in, you know, I swore an oath to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And even though I'm no longer in the military and wearing that uniform, that's an oath that will be carried with me until the day that I leave this earth. So in saying that, the only thing that's changed now is the uniform that I'm doing. And I'm still representing this country, right. fighting for this country every way that I can. And what better way than every time that I fight to be able to bring out soldiers that I've fought with side by side and have them carry out the American flag for me. So, you know, and on top of that, man, it's just, you know, one of the biggest movies and boxing that people have all heard about or seen is Rocky, right? Right. But Rocky was a fictional character. That wasn't a, 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 a true story. You put you put Rocky and Rambo together, and that's like my story, man, like 110%. That's me to the fullest, right? So, you know, it's just everything comes full circle, man. It was just something that made the most sense. And on top of it, you know, as I'm getting ready for fights, I'm always still focused and zoned in, not really understanding everything that is happening, that it takes me until after the fight to see all this footage and dude, I don't know if you've ever seen like one of my biggest walkouts. I had a 12 um, man uh, National Guard walk out. I've not seen they that. Saluted me with the sabers. We walked through the sabers, bro. And it's just, I don't know, man. Just being somebody, even somebody, if I, I took myself out of it as a spectator, like first time seeing, I was like, bro, that's so sick. Like, I can't believe I just did that. And I, who knows? I'm hoping that that would be the same impactful feeling that right. a lot of other people are feeling or experiencing. So, you know, it's only right, man, with my brothers and sisters in arms that haven't walked me out as I get ready to go to battle and go to war. And, uh, you know, I love it, man. That's awesome. And then now I'm definitely in for a little treat for this next fight. I'll tell you that I'm not going to give away nothing, okay. but Looking forward I'm to it. I'm gonna get a sure. type of entrance that I've never, I've never done yet, man. It's some pay per view, bro, in front of a expected 50 million people globally. Yeah. Um, the type of entrance and fight that I'm gonna give, man, is gonna leave people talking for years, bro. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, <laughs> second job, you know, you're you're a father as well. You have a son named Tyson. Um, I feel like you get this question a lot, but is he named after Mike? Yeah, so like I was saying, you know, very first time I ever saw boxing, I was, you know, my son's age, Mike Tyson versus Holyfield. And, um, you know, I always, ever since that moment, idolized Mike Tyson just because I always thought that he was just a phenomenal fighter. And I think that in saying that, you know, everybody else would agree with me. This guy was just ferocious. And he just, every time he stepped in the ring, he was just a monster. And I just loved everything about him. So growing up, I idolized this guy. And um, I ended up, you know, naming my son after him. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy how the world works that now, 
and saying that, idolizing this guy, he was, you know, I was a big fan of his growing up, named my son after him. Now I'm the co-main event for On a fight. Card. Yeah. For his card, where this may potentially be the last time anybody ever sees him fight for the rest of their lives. Right. And then I just found out that him and I are sharing the same dressing room together. It's just, it's crazy the way the universe works, man. When the stars align, man, it's meant to be. Definitely. Um, so 13-0 right now, looking to go 14-0 in November. What is your mindset being? Not looking, man. We will go 14-0. Love that. <laughs> Uh, being undefeated, right? What is your mindset knowing people are trying to, you know, give you your first loss, knock you off the top? Again, man, it's, it's considering me an underdog. And on paper, people think I have no chance in hell at winning this fight. You know, I'm fighting a guy that, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. Guy's a, a seasoned veteran, 22 wins, three losses, three draws. He's a, a former two-division world champion. Um, you know, the guy didn't just get, that far in his career by luck you know the guy's a very technical skilled fighter he deserves everything that he had but you know the one thing that this guy's never experienced before is he's been fighting civilians his whole life he ain't never been matched up against somebody like myself that's the decorated combat war vet and has been to war and survived this guy's never seen war i'm about to give him a taste of what it's about what it's like man so you know I always will uh, appreciate the things that people have done in their careers and their lives, and I, I wish him the best. But his worst decision ever was choosing to fight me because I'm going to give him another loss. Love that. So where can people go to follow you and uh, get more information about you as far as social media or do you have a website? or? So if people want to follow me, they can look me up on Facebook. It's Blake McKernan. Uh, Instagram's at Blake the Beast. Um, and then for more information, you know, they can always just type my name in on Google, you know, and a lot of things will always populate and also leading up to this fight. If they're interested in more information on this fight, we'll be fighting as a co-main event on the Mike Tyson Roy Jones card Saturday, November 28th in Los Angeles, California. Um, it'll be on pay-per-view and Triller. And, uh, you know, hopefully they all tune in to witness history in the making, man. Blake, looking forward to watching you go 14-0, and I really appreciate you taking the time out today to come on the show. So thank you. No doubt, man. I appreciate you, bro. All right. Blake the Beast McKernan, thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, be sure to check out his fight on November 28th as he takes on Badu Jack, co-main event on the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight card. Really excited to watching him go 14-0. Stick around right now for last call. I'm going to bring on Jake Ward as we wrap up this week in sports. All right, bringing on Jake Ward real quick, just in time for last call as we wrap up this week in sports. Some big news. Jake, welcome on. Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, football, basketball, baseball, a lot of stuff has happened this week. Let's start off with football. Leonard Fournette getting signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after being waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me your thoughts on that. I mean, that's, to me, that was a little bit of a, a mind-boggler. You know, Fournette has all this talent. Why does he go to such a crowded backfield where you have Ronald Jones, you have LaShawn McCoy, and you have rookie Keyshawn Vaughn? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. My my gut says that they're going to let go of LaShawn McCoy. Early work goes to Fournette, but he's also a good pass catcher, too. I, I think kind of Keyshawn Vaughn might be stuck on the bench for the foreseeable future. 
Right. And then Joe Mixon signed a four-year extension, $48 million. Um, we have Josh Gordon re-signing in Seattle. We have Cam Newton being the – just announced today, Cam Newton being the starting quarterback in New England. I don't think that's much of a surprise, but um, pretty big news here in the NFL. you have any thoughts or anything you want to add on top of that? Well, for Cam, it's not just that he's being named a starter. He also was just named a captain. And we heard Bill Belichick rave for Cam Newton for uh, a couple of minutes the other day. And I don't know if I've ever heard cumulative Bill Belichick speak for just a couple of minutes. I mean, it's always five, six seconds. So, I mean, like you said, it wasn't really a surprise he was going to be the starter, but they really love Cam out there in New England. I agree. And a hungry and healthy Cam Newton is a scary Cam Newton. Moving on to the NBA, we got Steve Nash just getting hired with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, healthy KD next year, healthy Kyrie next year, and a brand new coach. How do you think that'll work out in Brooklyn? Well, you know, we've seen that it's not really a hard job for a coach to come in and adapt to a league. I mean, think about first-time head coach Steve Kerr coming in and having immediate success with the Warriors. I think if you come into a good situation like Brooklyn has, I think Steve Nash will have success. I know Stephen A. Smith said that he didn't like that, but you've got to think about the fact that KD really has a good respect factor with Steve Nash. They worked together for a long time. Steve Nash was the player development consultant with Golden State for the last five years while Kevin Durant was there. They got a lot of working together. And in 2018, KD said that he could talk to Steve Nash about anything. And that's got to, that relationship between your head coach and your main star player, because have no doubt, out of KD and Kyrie, KD is the star on that team. You need that sort of relationship there. And it appears that they have it, so let's see if it translates to the court. Definitely. And the future is really bright with these young stars. A lot of Game 7s. We had the Nuggets and Jazz force, uh, go Game 7 last week. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, two young studs, dropping 40 or 50 a game is what it seemed like. Uh, what are your thoughts on these young stars coming up in the NBA? If you just like good basketball, or even if you don't like basketball, if you can sit down and watch these games and you don't enjoy watching it, then I, I, there's no help for you. It, the The fate of the league is in good hands with these young players from, like you said, Jamal Murray. Uh, let's give the Suns' Devin Booker a little love. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, there's just there's so many good players across the league. Of course, all the good players that are still in the playoffs. I wanted to give a few, a little, a little bit of love to the few that were not in there anymore, but. You know, it's, the league is going to be in good hands, that's for sure. And the NBA bubble has been nothing short of entertaining. We had another Game 7 as well with James Harden and Westbrook knocking off uh, former team, the OKC Thunder, Chris Paul. Um, really, really entertaining there. We had the Celtics take a 2-0 commanding lead over the Raptors and a Heat taking a 2-0 commanding lead over the Bucks. Both the number one and two seeds down now two games to nothing. Jake, do you see them coming back, or do you see those them being upsetted for this series? I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I see the upset, but it, it's going to be a fun ride. I mean, that Celtics team, we knew how good they were, and everyone thought, when, oh, man, they lose Kyrie. It, it, it could be the end of the Celtics. They needed to let Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they needed to let them shine, and Kimball Walker is the perfect fit for that offense. So right now it, it's hard to see the Raptors coming back on that Celtics team. And for the Bucks Heat, I mean, what happened to Giannis? I mean, he's – He's still kind of doing his thing, and we know what kind of good supporting cast that the Bucks have there. So could this spell the end for Giannis? I mean, I don't, I don't see them catching the Heat. And and where did the Heat come from? I mean, Jimmy Butler doing things out here in the league. 
Absolutely. Moving on to baseball, we have the A's finally releasing who tested positive for the coronavirus. It was Daniel Mangden, right-handed pitcher. Um, other news in baseball, we have the Phillies on going 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Is that correct, Jake? Yes, sir. Phillies 8-2 and two in the last 10, as are the Dodgers and the Rays, probably the three hottest teams in baseball right now. I mean, the Dodgers, everybody expected that. But one team I called out there, the Rays, even though I, I figured the Yankees would would win that division, they're not right now, spoiler alert, because the Rays, my wild card pick, are really coming in hot right now. 26-12, and 12, four and a half games up on the Yankees. And don't look now, but the Phillies, second place in the NL East, only three games behind the Braves at 17-15. and 15. Normally, that's a team that we're talking maybe, maybe is in the wild card hunt, and now you're talking between a four and a six seed. It's a wild year, Drew. It's a wild year. Definitely. And to add to that, you know, I don't know if these teams will make the playoffs or not, but the Tigers sitting around 500, no one expected that. The Marlins are still hanging on by a thread. And the San Francisco Giants just continue to rake baseballs. They beat the Rockies the other night. I thought I was watching a football game. 23-5. to uh, They continue to swing the bat. They started the next day off with, I think, three or four runs in the first inning. Really a lot of potential there, I think, on the offensive side of the ball in San Francisco for the future. Are there any uh, trade deadline deals that stand out to you? I'll tell you what. It, it feels like the uh, the Padres were loading up on everything. They go out and they get Clevenger. They got Rosenthal to, to be that lockdown closer, especially because Pomeranz is on the DL there for a little bit. And right now they're sitting at 23-15. and 15. They have a 6.05 win percentage. That second in the NL. It sucks that they play in the same division as the Dodgers, but that's going to make for some entertaining baseball down the stretch. I definitely agree. We have uh, Kevin Pillar joining the Rockies. We have Starling Marte going to the Marlins. Um, A's adding left-handed pitcher Mike Miner. Blue Jays acquiring Robbie Ray from the Diamondbacks and Jonathan VR from the Marlins. So there's been some big moves. Really excited to see how the second half of baseball plays out. There's your last call. Jake, thanks for coming on, talking a little sports with me. And uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Tailgates and Teasers. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave a review, leave a rating, leave some comments. Give us some feedback. We'd really appreciate it. And thanks again, Blake, for stopping by. Be sure to check out his fight on November 28th. With that said, Episode 7 is in the books. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you around on Tailgates and Teasers.